0: Cuddling is usually, like, part of the activities, but it's not, like, the only thing that happens. Hello,
1: my name is Kay Anderson, and you are listening to Lost Spaces, the podcast that mourns the death of queer nightlife. Every episode, I talk to a different person about a venue from their past, the memories that they created there, and the people that they used to know. So... Be absolutely honest with me. When was the last time that you went out and got properly, properly messy? And follow-up question. Do you have a go-to place where you feel you can just let loose and have a rollicking good time without fear of judgment or reprimand? I don't know why I said reprimand, that's a bit of a fancy word. Anyway, if you answered yes to any of the above questions, I think that you are going to enjoy hearing about this week's bar, Badlands, which was in the heart of San Francisco's Castro District. And although our guest, Neil Higgins, from the FMK Lit podcast only ever went to the bar once, he certainly knows a thing or two about getting messy. In this episode, we talk all about finding where it is you think you fit in, what to do when you come across a handsome man crying on the footpath, and one of my favorite subjects of all time, crappy cartoons from the 80s.
0: met a friend uh in san francisco like when i first moved to san francisco who was also from a similar town and he, a place called bakersfield and is like well bakersfield just wasn't big enough for my ball gown I'm like, i like that <laughs> i like that life approach
1: do you have a similar alliterative statement about your hometown then oh my um hmm. here i can help you figure it out what's your hometown's name
0: it's riverside
1: riverside okay
0: um the roller skates hmm. <laughs> Okay, we'll come back to this. (laughs) Okay. Something like Riverside wasn't set up for my sass. or Riverside couldn't fit my fabulous. But it's not alliterative. It has to be alliterative.
1: (laughs) I know. Riverside couldn't rankle your... No. (laughs) Giving up on that one immediately. I'm not even going to try and finish it. Okay, anyway, sorry.
0: So, yes, I wanted to leave my hometown, but I wanted to stay in California because... I was born and raised here, so I don't understand weather. I don't get it. It frightens me. (laughs) And then, you know, obviously I wanted to go to a big city and a city that had a thriving queer community. High density of gays. And so that was L.A. or San Francisco, and I don't like L.A., so. And so what
1: was the plan when you got there?
0: Well, I, I started college here, so that was five years taken care of. Um, but you know, like I did the whole thing. I lived in the dorms freshman year, like a very quintessential experience, except, you know, like it wasn't a college town. There was a whole, a whole other city out there mm. and I didn't go out a lot because of of course, like all the fun stuff, you have to be at least 21 here.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah.
0: So my first couple of years were finding 18 and overnights and like house parties and things like that. And then I didn't really date or hook up a lot those first couple years. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Oh, God. But you were in college. What? I know. Ah. Uh, one, I have, we'll say, anxieties about, like, being the one to initiate. Ah, uh, okay. It's gotten better, but definitely when I was 18. Because growing up, I was used to, especially in high school, only knowing, like, two other queer people at a time. Yeah. So then going to the Castro was very intimidating. Mm. And then also this was the early mid aughts and at the time who was attractive and who wasn't was not me. And then also just like very, very rigid. Yeah. And I feel like back then too, there was a lot more, there's a lot more emphasis on like masculinity and being butch and all of that. And that does still exist, but I feel like there are more places you could exist outside of that. Mm. It's easier to find people who appreciate you wherever you land on the Butch Fen spectrum. Mm. And then when I turned 21, I was like, okay, let's go to the bars. And I'm like, I don't know what bar I'm supposed to go to because it, it's kind of true still, but especially then it was like, okay. in the Castro, there's like the two bear bars, the couple Twinkie bars. It just felt like you needed to find the bar where, people were looking for the type of person that you are mm-hmm. if you wanted to like get laid or meet someone or anything like that i was like where's the bar version of the island of misfit toys i feel like that's where i belong what um, is the island of misfit toys is this something i should know it's oh gosh it's from this like claymation movie about rudolph the red-nosed reindeer uh, from like, the 60s oh or, like okay. stop motion and he ends up at the Island of Misfit Toys what's like all the toys that nobody wanted so they all live together oh, on the island.
1: That reminds me of this British cartoon from the 80s and I don't know if you've heard of it but I'm going to explain it to you so sorry you're just going to have to pretend that you're interested. <laughs> Called <laughs> the Raggy Dolls. Have you ever heard of uh-huh. it? No. Okay. So it's this TV show that was about these dolls that when they were on the manufacturing line like something went wrong with their production so they were thrown into the reject bin and then they all kind of made friends and then went on adventures together and so like one of them their head was on back to front one of them their limbs kept falling off one of them had the wrong dress on i don't know why they couldn't have just put a different dress on her but they threw her into the reject bin and then like <laughs> the best bit of it all to just demonstrate how utterly xenophobic the british are one of the dolls came out
0: french <laughs> And so he was thrown into the bin. <laughs> I love this idea. Like, everything else I can understand, and then just like, oh, there was some weird hiccup in the machine that it like gave him a beret and a little Oh no, he a has a baguette.
1: Get rid of him. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry, just made that about myself. So, was there no bar that was just like everyone is welcome here?
0: Yes. Yes. And it it took me a while to find them, but I think it also... The cause of the I don't know what bar I'm supposed to go to is, like, I kind of had this... As I was coming into my queerness, I was like, well, what type of gay am I? I'm too femme to be a bear. I'm too bearish to be a twink.
1: (gasps) Too femme to be a bear.
0: Which I don't feel now, but I definitely did at the time. Okay. Because, like, images of... And also my exposure to the bear culture at the time, at least here Mm. was very like, There was a really big overlap with the leather culture. And it was like the butch bear daddies. And I was like, that's not me. I feel like that's not where I belong. So I sort of wandered about in a haze, just like, where do I belong? (laughs) It wasn't until years later that someone was like, I revealed to him, I was like, oh yeah, I've been talking to this, to this guy on the app. And he's like, oh yeah, he's a friend of mine. You're totally his type. And I was like, what is that it's like squishy fem bear i I feel seen a revelation
1: and so is that how you identify now i think so yeah
0: (laughs) and i either have come to realize and or there's been sort of like a change in culture that like there's more room for the squishy fem bears in the bear community here Uh or maybe i was just projecting i don't know but it's it's more about and I feel like this has always been the case. It's more about like a body type as opposed to sort of like a whole way of life or whatever. Wait, so you think it's more about
1: the way you look externally than the way you actually are?
0: I think so. I mean, for good or for ill, you can sort of unpack that how you how you want. It's more about like, oh, if you have a have a certain type of body, then you're invited to identify as a bear as opposed to having to like... It's not about... Like these are the things that we find desirable and attractive and that's what you also need to find desirable and attractive and this is how you present yourself and all of that.
1: Wait, if what? If that makes any sense. No, sorry. I think I'm losing. So are you saying that there is kind of like a wide bucket within which you fit and there's no prescriptive behavior or wants or likes that you need to have? Or are you saying right. the opposite? Okay, you're saying that, Christian. No, I'm saying,
0: yeah. <laughs> i'm a professional communicator Um, (laughs) sorry it's me it's me you know like i'm only speaking to my experience but though something i have found because i of the apps i'm on several but i'm also on growler which is for bears and bears enthusiasts and i have found that on that app people tend to be friendlier and everybody just wants to fucking cuddle which is great
1: it's great what yeah. oh, see i can't get with this when someone's like i don't know you and i don't want to hook up can we just cuddle i'm like no
0: well it's not just cuddling there are other things involved but like cuddling is high on the list cuddling
1: is kind of intimate yeah
0: yes it is i agree and so just cuddling with a rando, like... Yeah, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it's just that somebody's like, I really love cuddling up front. It's like, oh, they're probably like a safe, warm person to cuddle with. Oh, okay.
1: So if I just jump to conclusions that you go on
0: cuddle dates.
1: Yeah. <laughs> grill you on it. <laughs>
0: cuddling is usually like part of the activities, but it's not like the only thing that happens.
1: <gasps> is this like when people say to me... On the apps like I'm looking for Fun and I'm like okay what do you Mean by fun and they're like
0: fun And then I'm like oh for fuck's sake I know I hate that too <laughs> if I'm Like hey what do you want to <laughs> top That's it that's all <laughs> I need more personally <laughs> That's the worst Well it depends how you feel that day I guess Very
1: true Yeah that's I hate true. this euphemistic approach to it like Hey let's have
0: fun Just. I'm just what would you What would you rather people say?
1: Well, and yeah, I understand the criticisms that people have about those that have their complete shopping list and are like, "This is what I want. This is what I want. This is what I want," because that takes the spontaneity and that takes the fun out of it. But like somewhere in the middle, you know, mm. these are the types of things that I enjoy, and I'm happy to go on a journey with you.
0: Okay, yeah, that's fair. Or I also appreciate like, so right now I'm in the mood for yeah, blank. yeah, yeah, and then it's like. I'm not in the mood for that right now, but I also like this other thing. And they're like, oh, yeah, I like that, too. So maybe next time kind of thing. Yeah, it does, you know, save time if people are very upfront about things. But I agree that it's a bit, I don't know. I like having a little bit of mystique about it, about just like, oh, hey, how's it going? Instead of like. Hey, bend over. <laughs> well, yeah. And and I
1: mean the whole thing about pre-agreeing what you're gonna do before you meet mm-hmm. up is so strange because your chemistry might then dictate that something else is gonna happen. But mm. I do much prefer that someone is like, this is my limit, this is my thing, because then at least you know what lines to colour within. Mm-hmm. But I just yeah. hate when they're like, Oh yeah, I'm totally verse. And then you get there and they're just got their ass in the air and you're like, Well, you could have just said this.
0: <laughs> I so I believe that every queer person has like three or four queer powers.
1: <laughs> Only that many.
0: <laughs> At least three or four. Okay, ones. sorry, cool. Um, one of mine is making people switch suddenly. <laughs> It has happened multiple times that I'll talk to a guy and he'll be like, Oh yeah, I totally want to top you. I totally want to top you. And then I show up and then almost immediately he bends over or it's like, yeah, I want you to fuck me. I want you to fuck me. And then I show up and pretty soon. And he's like, no, I'm going to fuck you now. And I'm like, okay, listen, like I don't mind, but one of those directions involves more preparation on my part. (laughs) So that's happened to me multiple times. And it it's just been interesting and sometimes very frustrating
1: it but. is yeah it's weird isn't it i can't yeah,
0: exactly. say i have much experience of the
1: latter but i have a lot of experience of the former where it's like oh yes you're not a top <laughs> <laughs> or, or you're at least not a top this evening and <laughs> let's go but uh yeah Anyway, shall we um, go back to not knowing where you fit within the scene? And the Mm -hmm. thing I was going to say about that was I fortunately grew up in a small city and so there was only one bar, there was only one club that I could Mm. go to. So I never had that thought. I just was Mm. like, yeah, this is where I go. And then when I moved to London in my early 20s, I was like... I don't know. I think I had this thing in my mind because I kind of like, you know, was running away to the UK and I was like, they're going to understand me there. It's all going to make sense. So I never thought that people wouldn't understand me. I just was mm. like really naive and thought like, I'm going to make sense to every single person I meet. and Everyone's going to love me. Yeah, and threw myself into the scene and quickly discovered that wasn't the case. But I didn't ever <laughs> have that kind of... Internal dialogue or existential crisis about my place mm. until I
0: until it was too late. <laughs> <laughs> Look, maybe I should have been thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like if I had stayed in my hometown, I would have had a similar experience because mm. I would have just been like, "Oh, Friday nights are at VIP Lounge and Saturday nights are at Menagerie," and that's how we do. But
1: Riverside couldn't. Ri- oh, I was going to say Rim couldn't we will get there we'll figure it out it'll come yeah. to me anyway uh, yeah so sorry so you would have had that experience in riverside but you were in san francisco did when you I have like friends
0: <laughs> sorry I, I didn't have any friends no actually it was a long time before i had queer friends uh-huh. to sort of like help me out and tell me which bar to go to or invite me out with them and then i think too as i grew up my intention for going to bars changed like at first because this was you know before the apps the closest thing we had was adamforadam.com oh. which you had to use on your computer so i would <laughs> log in and then like go to school and come back to see how many messages i had that day kind of thing but it was oh, location-based no. and i lived very far away from anything that anybody would want to go to oh but that's awful did you often have
1: messages when you got home or was it nothing Sometimes. Okay. On a good day. You know, when you yeah. leave your phone at home and then you like go away and you're, oh shit, I left my phone at home. And then when you get home, you're like, oh, I'm sure there's all these messages that I've missed. And then there's nothing. And you're like, oh.
0: <laughs> and then there's and you're like, oh, nobody loves me. Nobody <laughs> missed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd sometimes get messages. But yeah, when I, you know, when I first was going out, the most important thing was to like meet someone to like hook up or, to start to date whatever and Mm -hmm. then like second to that was have fun with my friends or whatever whereas now I just want to like hang out and invariably I end up sort of like chatting with someone and it usually is just us being silly while waiting for our drinks or whatever and that's that's perfectly fine that's a lovely experience but so when did that flip for you probably in my like later 20s I think when I had, like, more queer friends and it was just like, oh, when we're hanging out, you know, with just the queers, then you go to a queer bar Mm -hmm. or something. I Mm -hmm. mean, like, if you go to a bar, you go to a queer bar. And so then it became the place of, like, oh, that's where I go and hang out with my friends or, like, oh, I'm doing something in the Castro later tonight. So I'll just, like, stop at a bar because it's happy hour, have a drink, sort of Mm -hmm. wave to people or whatever and then go do my thing and... Yeah, I much prefer it this way. I feel a weight lifted. Oh, weight. it's like weight <laughs> <Sorry. white> lifted. <laughs> it was interesting. I remember with the advent of Grinder and Scruff and Growler and all of them, I remember reading an article that was basically like people were like, well, obviously gay bars are going to die because mm-hmm. you only go to them to have sex. And now you don't even need to leave your house. And that... Obviously didn't happen because there are still gay bars out there. And I feel like the the vibe at them is very different. And again, maybe it's just me, uh-huh. but like I feel like when I'm at gay bars now, they're less cruisy. I mean, certain bars still are, mm-hmm. but like the bars that I go to feel less cruisy. It's more just like, you know, people hanging out, having fun. Yeah, because they now feel a different need. Yeah, now it feels a social need as opposed to like mm-hmm. a place to, to find a hookup. It is hard to
1: know, though, because of you being older now right like and you having different priorities yourself so you're looking at things through a different filter because i was gonna say like from what you were talking about earlier my experiences when i first started going out on the scene and when i was still new to being around homosexuals was like i was in such a rush and i was in such a rush to like fall in love and to be in a relationship because i was like this is it like i've been waiting all this time and i've been suppressing this part of myself for so long and now i get the opportunity to fall in love and to be understood and to find someone who gets me and Mm -hmm. i think that just kind of gets a bit muddy it gets a bit muddy Because (laughs) you're like rushing into intimacy with someone Because you think Mm -hmm. that that means that they're going to understand you quicker
0: Yeah, I think too it's the sort of validation Yeah Because growing up, I mean I don't know entirely about your experience But growing up when I did, where I did Homophobia was very real And being queer was very sort of like counterculture And you know like I was in college when um, same-sex marriage became a thing here in California uh-huh. and then later the country. So, you know, for like my formative years, it's like, oh, I'm so very other. And then I think there's this need to find a romantic partner because then it's somebody who is loving you because of that thing that makes you other. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, it's like, oh, well, it's all worth it because now I found someone who who is giving me the things that I've been told I'm never going to have. Mm-hmm. I've been told I'm never going to have love and a healthy relationship, and um, mm. stuff like that. And then, of course, you know, when you're young, very few of your relationships are healthy, but. Yeah,
1: even the healthy ones are unhealthy. <laughs> and, that, yeah, I mean, and that's such a bad place to start any relationship from, right? Mm. <gasps> hey, do you think you might fix me in the next three to six
0: months? <laughs> <laughs> Sadly and tragically, it will not give you the very thing that you are looking for. Yeah, in fact, it will like repel it. Like I was also applying that kind of logic
1: to friend groups as well. Mm. Like, yeah, we're going to be like best gay friends and go and do <laughs> we, gay shit. We only need one thing in common,
0: and that's <laughs> if we're gay, and that's enough to sustain a friendship for the rest yeah, of yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Who cares if our <laughs> values don't
0: align? <laughs> Right. It's like, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but like earlier in life, like in my early 20s, people would try and set me up with their friends. And it was just like, you're both gay. I'm like, we're not into each other, even a little bit. Several times it's like, we can't even stand to be in the same room as each other. What on earth were
1: you thinking? So I have this thing and everyone assumes that I'm overly judgmental. (laughs) <laughs> because maybe I am. and just, So people like never buy me presents of, and also oh. never set me up with people. They just assume oh. I'm going to hate them. So I haven't had Do you that. often hate them when you were set up with people? No, I'm just like, I think I was very, despite everything that I've just said about like trying to fall in love with any old stranger that I met, just very <laughs> black and white in my thinking when I was younger. Mm. And like, yes, mm. no, yes,
0: no. Well, yeah, because when you're 18 to... 23 or whatever you know everything you know everything there is to know everything you say is 100 percent right all the time yeah. Actually, i kind of miss that sometimes <laughs> that confidence Which that is, sheer yeah bold-headedness. that assuredness of like yeah.
1: yes this is what i'm gonna do
0: and i see no flaws in this plan mm-hmm. or even this is who i am as a person and this is immutable yeah yeah i, I don't know Oh, see, this is it. This is the indecision of being an adult. I know, right? (laughs) Because in the time it was great, but also that self-confidence and assuredness is exactly what puts you in situations where you have to learn lessons.
1: Yeah, yeah. And that's what teaches you to second-guess yourself about everything. But, I don't know, sometimes leaping before you look is a wonderful thing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess, maybe. Uh. (laughs) i think maybe i'm just gonna put it out there in 2023 i'm gonna make some major fuck-ups in my life (gasps) oh that sounds exciting (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i've been too like maybe this will happen and maybe this will happen maybe i just won't do anything because otherwise something will happen i think i need Mm -hmm. to be a bit more like yeah fuck it let's go yeah
0: I wish that the consequences of your fuck ups are humorous and awkward as opposed to disastrous. <laughs>
1: I mean, maybe. And
0: then you get like a book deal out of it. <laughs> 2023, the year I fucked up. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay. So
1: maybe we need to move away from this conversation. Sure. <laughs> and move back to move back to uh, fitting in. So, like, did you ever find that place
0: or did you just learn to make do? Um, I mean, I have bars that I like to go to. There are things that I enjoy about them. I'm like, this is what I look for in a bar. And I go to them and I'm usually there with friends or whatever. So I guess in a way I do feel like I fit in because I'm like comfortable at those bars. Mm -hmm. But I think it's less about me wanting to fit in than it is about me spending time in a place I like to enjoy spending time. It's less about me needing to fit the bar and it's about the bar needing to fit what I'm looking for, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess on that then, did you ever feel the need to change who you were or to present in a different way in order to fit in?
0: The, we had touched on earlier that there was a point that I was like, I'm too much for people. So when I would go on dates with people, I'd, I'd like tone it down and just be like, oh, hello. Yes. Yes. What a friendly conversation we're having. Like, I use a neutral <laughs> tone of voice. Um, that makes me sound like a crazy person. I don't get it, excited you know?
1: about anything.
0: Yeah. You know? Oh, I very much enjoy that. <laughs> that was funny. Thank you. <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows that my laugh is very loud and abrasive. And I love to, you know, do voices and like use all of my register. But I'm like, oh, hi. Yes, I'm Neil. I'm a normal person. Just a normal old human. Just ignore the fact I was a theater major. (laughs) and
1: uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, I I had the same experience in that a lot of times I'd be like, tone it down. Don't say what you're really thinking. Just be like, Mm -hmm. yeah, cool, good. And like... What part of my brain thought that was going to work?
0: <laughs> I know. I just had this realization that it was like the same mechanism that you use when you're like with family that you aren't out to or like mm. in a neighborhood that you don't necessarily feel safe in that you like change your behavior so to like fly under the radar. But like it's a, ter- it's a terrible idea for dating because eventually you're going to have to like be yourself at some point Well, yeah and I mean I
1: I think it's just a terrible idea for everything maybe not everything like if you were hiring a car in Bolivia but like if you were (laughs) on like a job interview if you're Mm -hmm. with family and stuff like you should feel safe and comfortable and able to be yourself and I mean I know that's in in an ideal world I'm talking about Mm -hmm. but like sometimes you've just got to push through and be like I've if you don't like this then tough fucking luck (laughs) yes And and especially in dating, you should just be like, Mm -hmm. you need to figure out if you hate me now because I'm not wasting my time. Unless you want to
0: fuck in the bathroom. (laughs) This is what this is specifically for, to (laughs) see if we can stand to be around each other. No? Okay, let's go fuck in the bathroom. (laughs) And then you better forget my name.
1: Yeah, that's how we should approach dating. Like... Mm-hmm. I had five terrible dates last week. Yes, that must mean I'm closer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a numbers game, surely. surely. <laughs> Oof. Dating is the fucking worst. It is. It, uh, it is.
1: It absolutely is. I feel like cause I am one of those people that you need to spend at least 365 hours with me to understand when I'm being serious and when I'm joking. So on, the first on a first day, everyone just thinks I'm just being horrible, but I'm being hilarious.
0: <laughs> well, two things can be true.
1: <laughs>
0: I mean, this is a good point, yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, I have definitely, along those lines, I've definitely been on dates where it's like, oh, you do not understand my humor at all. Oh, okay, you don't <laughs> understand that I'm joking, even though I'm saying things in a very tone of it. Like
1: and what do you do with those situations as well? Like, do you say, Oh, by the way,
0: I'm joking? Because then it just, just
1: becomes labored and it feels like. No, relieved.
0: I just get through the night and then never see them. Because <laughs> <laughs> if he doesn't laugh at my jokes, there's no future for us.
1: No, I know. But like in the moment, should you try and smooth things over? Or. Oh, yeah, no, then know.
0: what I do when I realize that he doesn't understand what I'm joking is I will just. Say untrue things, not untrue things, but like say things for the sake of saying something, just to see if he gets it. Like I just keep pushing the envelope a little bit, just to see where mm, he. I'm gonna need examples. Like, I'm trying to like, I, I guess you could say it's lying or whatever, but I'll just like say innocuous you, things. You could say it's like, lying. You could, one could call it lying. Um, like I'll say things, not for the point of being funny anymore but just to like, I say things jokingly or like as a joke, but not to be funny just to see if he realizes if I'm joking or not.
1: Yeah. This isn't an example. (laughs) I I know.
0: (laughs) Okay. 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 So I don't know. Like I can't think of specifics, but it'd be something along the lines of like, Oh, he's not understanding my humor. So then, you know, we'll be talking about going to the grocery store or something. And then I'll be like, oh, yeah, the last time I went to the grocery store, I just had an absolute fit in the cereal aisle because they didn't have the cereal that I wanted. I like had a full on tantrum on the floor (laughs) just to see if he understands that that isn't true.
1: (laughs) Anyway, I think we were at some point in talking about fitting in. Not fitting in. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, because then we got to dating and then we got to Uh, things. Shall we go to our lost space? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, uh, switch flipped and suddenly you weren't all that bothered about hooking up or finding the love of your life in bars and you were more about friendship and
0: and hanging out with your friends Mm -hmm. and letting off steam. And if an attractive gentleman decided to buy me a drink, sure. I I didn't wear a sign that's like, don't talk to me if you don't already know me. (laughs) Well, I don't know, reverse
1: psychology. Could have worked.
0: Oh, oh. Yeah, but the type of guy that would see that as a challenge is the worst sort of guy.
1: Uh, uh, Yeah, that is a good point.
0: (laughs) That would only draw to you the most toxic of people.
1: But think about the power trip you could go
0: on. Oh, that's very true. I do enjoy power trips. Yeah,
1: to just give that kind of ego-fueled man blue balls for a
0: whole evening. Yeah, and cockiness doesn't work on me. I appreciate confidence, mm-hmm. but cockiness turns me off very quickly. Um, so if if a guy's like, oh yeah, I can bet I could convince you, I'm like, mm, don't talk to me. Like yeah. I think I'm always so shocked
1: that someone's showing interest in me that I'm not able to tell the difference between cockiness and confidence. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> just you're still trying? Sit this there is weird. Eyed, just, uh... <laughs> What's going on? How is this happening? Yeah. Am,
0: am I on TV? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And then it's like, well, you've put in this much effort. I, I might as well throw you a bone. <laughs> so, so to speak. Yeah. Boom chang. Yeah. <laughs> Um, anyway, sorry. So you were at this point in your life. Oh, we really must. Mm-hmm. We really must stay on topic. And so, where does Badlands come into this? And tell me about Badlands.
0: So, Badlands was a bar in the Castro that, for the longest time, was one of the only bars that had a like a proper dance floor. Mm-hmm. So it was very much a like clubby kind of bar. It was like you go, you get shitfaced, you dance. Make some poor choices in the bathroom, Ugh. et etc. Cetera, et cetera. And how sweaty was the dance floor? It was fairly sweaty. Mm, that's good. I think only a couple people had taken their shirts off, but it was still fairly mm. sweaty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mm, mm. Yes, that's the right amount mm. of sweaty. Yes, I do like a sweaty Delicious. dance floor. <laughs> but it was also just like so messy. There was always drama that happened whenever you went. To the point that it got the nickname Sadlands. There was one point before I even went, I was walking past it. I was leaving a friend's house to go catch the train home. And I walked past it. There was a guy standing outside on the curb. He was like 6'3", muscular, blunt. Like He looked like he could play Thor. And he was standing on the curb sobbing. Just (sighs) sobbing. And it was like... I don't know, something about it was like My boyfriend's cheating on me tears I got very much that vibe Oh, can then, you just give me an yeah. example of what My boyfriend's cheating on me tears look like
1: and sound like <laughs> There's the sobbing, And then there's a lot of the
0: And then he just <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Okay, alright, I think I'm with you Okay, yeah So there's yep, like a choking yep. of your
0: words yep, okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh And then he had a friend out there with him Who was trying to console him Who was also like very tall and very muscular And <laughs> I was like, if that bar did that to him, I don't know if I can survive it personally. <laughs> but we'll see what happens. It's the place where, as soon as you bring it up, someone's like, "Oh God, here's this like ridiculous thing that happened to me at Badlands." Um. So, okay. So you approached, <laughs> and there was a very angry twink at the door because there was a cover charge, which is very unusual in San Francisco. Like bars generally do not have cover charges. It would only be if there was like an event happening at the bar. But this was every night. It was like a $5 cover charge. There was this like, oh, prissy little twink always at the door. And if you weren't hot enough, he would let you know it in his tone of voice and his, his face. And you walk in and immediate to your left was a little hallway that if you like, went that way it led to the bathroom and the coat check but just past that was like another hallway that had like three urinals in it and was always very dark and it was just deemed the piss room
1: <laughs> wait it was a hallway
0: did it yeah did it lead to anywhere else or was it a dead end no it was open on both ends like you could walk through oh okay it and just like ugh, the stories that like a friend of mine <laughs> the way he tells it he was waiting in line for the bathroom and then someone just sort of like materialized out of the shadows and was just like hey do you want to come in here you can piss anywhere you want <laughs> my friend was like no thanks <laughs> and I was like oh okay and then just like disappeared again into the shadows like it was such a ridiculous place it was oh god anyway so it was a place that was notorious yes very much and, so and and so did that put you off wanting to go it did for a while yes We also have found out, some of us sooner rather than later, that they were also pretty racist there. Oh. Like they wouldn't hire black people. And it seemed that the people at the, the bouncer and the angry twink at the door were encouraged to like dissuade black people from coming in. Oh. Yeah. They also would do, they had, they called them cutie coupons. Where like, somebody's job was to like walk around the Castro and approach attractive twinks and be like here, here's this coupon you can get into Badlands for free to sort oh. of like shore up the number of attractive people.
1: Oh wow.
0: Yeah. I learned about this like four years after having lived in the city because I was still in school and this guy in my class so was like, oh yeah, I got a cutie coupon from Badlands. So like, I'm, a, I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> Obviously I wasn't being handed any. Um, so wait, why are we talking about this it's awful place? <laughs> 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 it, it, yes, yes. But I don't know. It just was like an institution in a way. It was like this place where if you, I mean, sometimes you just ended up there, but if you were open to the kind of night where like emotions ran high, drama happened, like, Every so often, people, and especially the gays, are like, I just need some drama tonight. Like, I just want <laughs> to have a ridiculous night. And this was the place that you could go and do that. And so that only ever
1: happened to you once? Or were yeah. you being dr- dragged along by a friend?
0: Yes. So I was hanging out with a friend, and we we stopped at this other bar because a, a co-worker was having a going-away party because he and his boyfriend were moving to New York or whatever. And it was a themed party, and the theme was bow ties. And I was very upset. That's a terrible theme. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I I mean, on
1: the other hand, in their defense, it's an easy theme to meet. Like, at least it wasn't, like, underwater mermaids and scuba diving, where you have to go and, like, buy some crap that you're (laughs) never going to use ever again. Like, at least it's just a bow tie.
0: Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I don't know. It's a crappy theme. So what would your going away party be? I feel like I would, like... Stage a funeral or something. Oh, and like have people give speeches. Oh,
1: but then make them like wear suits and stuff. Yeah,
0: why not? Oh, I'm worth that's it. A lot <laughs> that's a lot of fun. That's <laughs> a lot of fun. No, I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Okay, anyway. So th- then anyway. is this going away? So we, we went there and then we were going to go to another bar and hang out, just the two of us. And he was like, hey, why don't we go to Badlands? I was like, I don't know. And he's like, yeah, come on. It'll be fun. <laughs> so I went to Badlands. And, like, again, there was the the very angry twink at the door. that was like, I instantly don't feel welcomed here, but let's see what happens. And then immediately, too, there were, like, 20-somethings drunkenly, like, screaming at each other and, like, stumbling over each other to get from one end of the bar to the other. And,
1: and I should just say for people listening to this, because this isn't a video podcast, Neil is currently gesticulating wildly.
0: <laughs> I do that. <laughs> and I remember at one end of the bar there was this, guy who just he gave off very creepy energy and was like looking very intently at specific people ah. at like at the bar ordering drinks. And so that's the guy you went home with. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Um, no. I was like oh. The thing is too where he was positioned you you saw him like as soon as you walked in if you were like looking at the bar bar. Also can I just say it is a failure of the English language that the place where you order the drinks and the building are both called the bar. Because <laughs> when you're talking about it, it gets very confusing. The bar's bar. Yes. This is a good point.
1: Who should we write to about this? Shakespeare? I don't know. <laughs> Do Mr. Shakespeare. Do, uh, I,
0: I think he's busy. <laughs> he's busy being dead. I don't know. I mean, like, if we had the the French Academy, like the French two, to dictate what is and isn't French, we could talk to them. But
1: Yeah feel like this the oxford dictionary but i mean what makes them better than webster right Uh, Hmm.
0: anyway the barber this man ogling everyone so just like immediately i'm like i'm i'm in the thick of it now (laughs) so we got drinks and then my friend and i went out to the dance floor that was the first time i heard the song i don't care by iconopop oh such a it's a fantastic song. I love it. The song's it. called I Love It. Sorry. Yes. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is why I'm not good on first dates, by the way. Just like, <laughs>
0: just if you needed any more information about that. <laughs> Fortunately, because it was just my friend and me, we didn't have drama, but I was very Christopher Isherwood, very I am a camera and just like <laughs> saw the deterioration of relationships all around me. Ah, <laughs> oh,
1: that is good.
0: It was- It was intense. And the dance floor was pretty packed, too. And it wasn't terribly big, but it was definitely full. And there's just, like, people screaming, people on the verge of hooking up. All of it happening all around me. And my friend and I were doing that dancing where we're, like, dancing with each other, but then also sort of, like, scanning the crowd. Like, oh, is there someone that I want? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no
1: don't get too close to them. They're going to elbow me soon when they start having a fight.
0: Essentially, Uh, essentially like, oh, he looks like he's about to grow up. (laughs) So we're just going to shuffle on over this
1: way. And so tell me expectations versus reality. So it was notorious. You had a vision in your mind of what this place Mm -hmm. was. How did that live Mm -hmm. up to what it really was?
0: The atmosphere did. And like the stories that I had heard, I saw them happening around me. But again, because I was there with my friend and, you know, this was in my... I think my early thirties. So I was slightly less dramatic than I had been in the past.
1: Only only a smidge, right?
0: Just just by increments. Because it was just my friend and me and we weren't fighting over a man or something like that. Like we we didn't have drama happen to us. It just like happened around us. Like I felt like we were the eye of the storm <laughs> of all this messiness going on around us. And it was one of those things that's like I'm glad I did it once, but I don't think I ever need to do it ever again. <laughs> uh, and so then, when you heard that it had closed, what was your response? Mm-hmm. Well, it, it closed in 2020, so it wasn't a surprise, but it also was. It's one of because it had been there as long as I had, even longer. Mm-hmm. Like it had been in San Francisco longer than I had at that point. And I was just like, how how could it have closed? Because it was always busy. Every time I was there. like that night that I saw. The the Thor lookalike sobbing it was like a third like a maybe like a Wednesday night and the place was packed. So it's like, I don't think it was for lack of business. I don't know. Um so it was in 2020, so you just like are expecting things to to close. But also it's just like really that place. Wow. And so what do you think San Francisco has lost? I honestly believe that there is a place like a time and a place where it's like it's okay to have a messy night and it was nice to have a place where it's like oh nobody will notice because everybody else is also having a messy night so there's sort of this like anonymity this like safe space to be a hot mess or a human urinal
1: by the sounds of things
0: (laughs) yes which also there are other bars you can find that like that's not particular to you know so yeah i think i mean like it's nothing profound but I, i i think that It was kind of comforting to know that there was a place that if you wanted to be messy, it was perfectly fine because that was the place where you could do it. Yeah.
1: So, usually at the end of
0: my conversation,
1: I will ask my guest what advice they would give to, to their younger self. And I'm not sure whether I should be asking you to give advice to Neil that was at Badlands or Neil... When he first moved to San Francisco, so I'm gonna leave that one open to you. Okay,
0: you can also do both. No, it's no your podcast. You no, can cheat your own. You gotta roles. do one. <laughs> I do it on mine. I I cheat all the time. <laughs> um, I think the more helpful advice would be to myself who just moved to San Francisco, and that would be, it's very trite, but it is good advice. So just like, don't worry about it. Just like, go have fun. Just be yourself and have fun. And in a few years, there are going to be apps that make it a lot easier to hook up. So just hang in there, hang in
1: there, baby. And um, and you should know now you are a squishy fan bear. I mean, surely that's the yeah. advice you give, right?
0: <laughs> yes, that. Yes. <laughs> I, now I, I imagine myself at like nineteen, just like, oh, who am I? What am I doing? <laughs> um, or maybe it'd probably be like 22, 23, because that's when I was like going to the bars and having more of that crisis. That like older me coming through, like the clouds part, and older <laughs> me comes down and It's just like, You are a squishy fembe. Embrace it, girl. Do your thing. This is my decree from here on yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, that would be really helpful advice. Because now, I mean, like, you know, on an occasion, I love to do a bit of an, a smoky eye and a bold lip and paint my nails. And I feel like that was so much more of a statement, mm. you know, 15-ish years ago. Oh, I do the math of how long I've lived in this city and it makes me feel very old. But like when I first moved here, that would have been so much more of a, so much more of a statement. Mm. Whereas now it's like, oh yeah, wear a lip, paint your nails, do whatever you want, girl. <laughs> that to me is so much more fun. Have the freedom to just sort of like... Be yourself. Which is, it's hard. I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. I'm like, I'm always confident in my body and who I am every moment of every day because that's not true at all. But it's definitely more true, which is nice. That is nice.
1: And to take us back to the beginning of the conversation you may have noticed at points during our chat that i've stopped listening and i've not been paying attention and that's because i have been trying as desperately as i can to figure out a word that (laughs) starts with r to talk about riverside and i think i'll come Uh up with it okay so the fabulous Neil, who was afraid of his femme qualities and wasn't able to embrace them. He was too raunchy for Riverside.
0: Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, you
1: hate it. Okay, fine.
0: <laughs> okay, I don't hate it, but it's just... Uh, thank you very much, I appreciate it. I'm not going like, <laughs> to like, pick apart this gift that you gave me on your own show. That would be very mean of me.
1: Do you have any memories of Badland or clubbing from your own queer scene that you want to share? Well, if you do, I would love to hear from you. I want to create the biggest online record of people's memories and stories of queer clubbing, but I need your help. Go to LostSpacesPodcast.com and find the section Share a Lost Space to tell me all about what it is you got up to. You can also reach out to me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where my handle is Lost Spaces pod and also make sure that you listen to neil's show fmk lit where every episode neil and his co-host claire read two romance novels one queer and one straight and then they play fuck marry kill with the characters Mm, sounds good right they can also be found on facebook at fmk lit pod if you enjoyed this episode, as always, I would really appreciate if you subscribed, left a review on your podcast platform, or just told other people who you think might be interested in giving it a little listen too. I am Kay Anderson, and you have been listening to Lost Spaces.